welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman, and I'm your host. And this is episode 243 of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. This week, it's board game week, and I'm joined by my very good friend, Linda Robel, our board game editor. How are you, Linda? I'm doing great. So great to be back. It is great to have you back. I know we did a couple of weeks of video game shenanigans, but that interview with Zombie Kills, and if you're listening to this and you don't normally listen to our video game content, I encourage you to go. It was fascinating hearing from a streamer, a mom, an activist. It just, she just went all around the bend with us for two weeks. Really, it was one interview that just went way too long. And while editing it, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make this two episodes because it's worth it. And so we, you know, we talked about a whole bunch of stuff that I think a lot of folks would find really interesting. And she is a dynamic firecracker personality, which is fun to have around. As you can imagine, uh, Amanda and I were in our glory. So that was a whole lot of fun. But back for board games specifically it's october and so linda and i while pushing things around trying to figure out topics we figured that there's a lot of folks that aren't going to be able to do their traditional halloween activities by nature of the fact that the fire nation is still attacking so we thought we would suggest some spooky board games to play as your family, many of which are available on Amazon right now that you can have delivered to your home in plenty of time for the big day. And Linda did literally all of the work, so I'm not going to take any credit. <laughs> Linda found all the games. She wrote the article that we're going to be podcasting about today. Literally all I did was show up. I can't even say I showed up and looked good. That's not how I operate, but... I just showed up and started talking to the microphone. Linda, very proud of you. This is a really nice article oh, that we're going to go over. Okay. So, well, thank you um, so much. <laughs> so what's new? Talk about is anything crazy happening in the world of being a first grade teacher. You know, anything big happening this year? Um, well, with the Fire Nation attacking, you never know when uh, something exciting is going to happen. Uh, we're doing some new things because of the Fire Nation and... Yeah, it's just an adventure every day, but we're getting through. I'm just impressed how well the kids are handling it. Um, my s students are just absolute rock stars with dealing with the way the world is right now and just kind of rolling with it. My children at home are doing the same thing. Like Isaac was home for the last week and a half because they had to quarantine. Basically, they had enough people in quarantine, enough staff that they had the school closed and were doing remote learning only. So there's a lot of that going around. The kids are just picking up and rolling with it. It's really impressive. So. I have noticed that trend a lot, too. Have you guys had to do a fire drill yet? How do you do a fire we, drill? So we did. Um, they've done two with the alarm going off. They did one where the alarm rang and they had only one class per grade go out but it was announced ahead of time like we're doing this this is everyone knew it was a drill that was really weird and then we did one whole school and we have a meeting point we all gather in one spot and we did but we literally got everybody out counted made sure every class was there and immediately went inside so i think we were outside five minutes it was the quickest fire drill turnaround i've ever seen but we did sure. it. we proved we got outside quick and honestly in that case it's physical safety first you know, 
Yeah, I mean, in the event so, of a fire or some other tragic thing, I think correct. the answer is, you know, we'll we'll deal with the consequences of huddling outside later. Uh, that totally makes sense. As you know, and the people listening know, my kids have been distance learning the whole time. So it just never occurred to me until I was asking you about it. Like, how do you do it? How do yeah, you do we it? I mean, I know how you do it with big thing. kids, but like, how do you do it with right. little kids? But but yeah, with the little ones and, and to be realistic, like we're trying our best to physically distance, but they're little kids. They get closer. We encourage them to be far apart. They wear their masks. We clean our hands a ton and we just do our best. And that's what I keep telling them. We just were trying to do our best. And I think uh, that's all we can ask. I mean, fair enough. That is all we can do. And we're just going to we're going to make it through. And in the meantime, true, we're going to make in some the meantime, we're gonna play some games. We're going to play some games and do the best we can. Now, it's full true. disclosure, I'm going to take the heat for this one. Uh, the the list we are providing, some of these games we have not played. They came out very recently. We did not want to exclude them because we had either seen them at a trade show, etc. As people can imagine, the Robles and the Dutwins don't exactly get together weekly for game nights anymore because the Fire Nation prevents that. So slowed down some of our playtesting that normally would have gone through, you know, without a hitch. So we're going to be talking about some games. If we get some rules and some descriptions wrong, forgive us. But I'm sure you'll agree every single one of these games belongs on this list, whether we have memorized the rulebook or not. Right, Linda? Absolutely. Yeah, there's some really great games that just came out, and I really they may be sitting in my Amazon cart right now. Oh, I mean, they're definitely sitting in your Amazon cart. <laughs> and it, it's whether you choose to hit the buy now button. I don't know. That's up to you. You did just buy a new television. We may so, have just bought a new television, yes. Well, it was time. It was, it was time. Prime Day. <laughs> it was Prime Day. You, 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 your, your husband needed a television. Well, we I had mean, the same one for 15 years. I mean, I think I we got our what, money's worth. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That TV did not owe you anything. And the PlayStation 5 comes out soon. We'll talk about that on the video game podcast. But it was time. It was time. It was. And you'll be very – I'm sure you're very – the setup looks very nice. It's We're loving it. Great. So before we get into the list, though, I want to talk about our sponsors. We have two. The first one is the Virtual Economy Podcast. That is a podcast run by Amanda and her partner, Mike Footer. That is a podcast all about the business of video games. They have a lot of stuff to talk about in the last couple of weeks. The best description is if you hear something on our show, it might get a sentence from us. They turn that sentence into an hour or more full of expert commentary from a guy who literally wrote the book on how to make games and pay for them and the business of game development and a business journalist with like a decade of experience. The two of them know their stuff. So I encourage everybody subscribe, give them the download at the very least. Do me that favor. Do, get, do them the download and give them a nice review from us. And then, you know, listen, if the topic comes up that is interesting to you, I guarantee if you if you are curious how games are paid for, you will be very interested to hear what they have to say. And they're also quite you know, they're they're they're, kinda, they're engaging. They're dynamic. They they sass each other a lot, as one would expect from Amanda. So that's great. I, I love that show. It's one of my the highlights of my week. The other sponsor is the Engage Family Gaming Facebook community. You can get there by going to Facebook and just searching for Engage Family Gaming Community. It is a group of parents, 300 plus strong and growing, where we you know talk about stuff, we ask questions, we publish our podcasts there, and you know we just have fun little chats. But the good news is we don't spam you. I guarantee you, 
that our Facebook group is way more pleasant than your town's Facebook group. How about that? I'm going to say right now you will, Hands you're going to need, you're going to exactly, I'm setting the bar low, but it's easy to clear it. So if you're looking for an alternative to your town's Facebook page, hop on over to the engaged family gaming Facebook community. So that's it. Linda. Let's yes. do this list I because there's some really great games on here. I don't know if you want to, we did we for the record folks, we prepared, but we didn't think about in what order we were going to talk about it. I say we just do it in article order and I'm right. going to start yes, with Disney are, Hocus Pocus the game. So, Hocus Pocus, I'm going to I'm just going to this is a hot take. Not as good as everybody says it is. No, it has my favorite movie line. A muck, a muck, a muck, a muck, a muck. A muck, a muck. Okay, listen. There's Transformers, the animated movie, has some of my favorite movie lines. That doesn't mean it's good. With that said, with that said, uh, it is whether it is as good as people say it is or not. It is absolutely a cult classic. They're making a sequel. Did you know that? I they're didn't actually sequel. know that. <laughs> they're making a sequel. Well, I mean, they're bringing everything back. Just That's bring true. it, I'm run it on back. New again. Yes. So, Hocus Pocus the game. We I first saw it during my Toy Fair appointment with Robinsberger, who, as we know, is the they are the kings and queens of licensed board games. But in a good way. I mean that in a very positive light. And so they showed me this game and you know you say it right off the bat in your little blurb there hocus pocus is just a it is halloween so even if you don't like the movie you just kind of accept it because you know you just see those witches pop up out of nowhere in all the gifts so it's a cooperative game two to six players ages down it starts at eight so you know how we operate Eight is kind of a nebulous term. It could be anything, especially if you have game savvy kids. The idea is you're trying to ruin their potions because they're trying to make potions. You're trying to ruin it, ruin them. And you have to ruin them three times before the sun rises. The best part about it is that just the packaging and the presentation. This is a very cool looking game. It is very simple. It is inexpensive. How much was it? I know they said they said it was going to be inexpensive when they told, but they didn't tell me the actual price. Um, well, how it much? Looks is, like it's around twenty on. Yeah, it's nineteen ninety nine on Amazon right now. So really, for an expensive game. So if you're one of those folks that you watch that Blu-ray every year, or you have like a worn out VHS copy, you know this is a pretty good pickup right here. It's twenty dollars. It's a co My favorite part about it is that it is a cooperative game. And the reason for that is I tend to think and and not Amanda, you're Linda. It's true. You and I both agree that in general, cooperative games are a little bit more accessible even to non-gamers than other, you know, than other more competitive games just because you can kind of work together and it's a shared experience. And so, you know, if you're hanging out with some folks that maybe just like this property, I think this is a decent one to pull out. What do you think? I do. This this is one of the ones sitting in my cart right now because I absolutely love the movie, even though it, you're right. It's not a great movie, but it's just nostalgic at this point. And it's part of Halloween. It's part of Halloween. It's part of, you know, just the culture at this point for this time of year. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, but I agreed. Being cooperative is it's perfect for getting people together across a bunch of ba background experiences and skill sets. And you can all just. Pile it around. It's, it's pile around on the porch, socially distanced, and still play. 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, also, it's 20 bucks. So 20 bucks. if you know, you're playing it outside, you don't got to worry about it too much. You yeah. Know? So so that's the first one on the list. And I know that started it. That was the first I know knowing you as I do. That was the first game to hit this list just because I know you are a huge fan of that movie. And I know. So but the next one. Clearly, as you were making this, you you you're, you you got to talk about zombie dice because we've talked about it a million times a before. But right? it's just so perfect because it fits into everything. It's a dice game. It's a cheap game. And now it's a Halloween game. It's true. And it's also a family favorite at this point. The boys have been playing it a ton. Um, it went to camp with us a bunch this summer. No, what's really great about this is literally the scariest thing about it is the graphic on the case. That zombie's pretty creepy. But yeah. The dice themselves are very benign. It's just basic iconography of the brains, the feet, and the shotgun blast. And so this is a push-your-luck dice game. I know we've talked about it a bazillion times, um, but it's such a great one. It's something you can learn quick, teach quick, play fast. Um, It's labeled 10 and up, but it scales down so much easier because it is such a simple concept and such simple rules and because there's no reading once you know what the three symbols are you're good to go and this is another one that you can play even if you play bad right like it's true you know and this is why it ages down so well because every you know just about everybody at just about any age as long as they're not going to chew on the dice they can roll them and so even if you play bad you still get that moment of getting the guys and and then that moment when you get the third shotgun shotgun blast so totally agree there's no way you can have a halloween game list without including zombie dice unless you're trying to be like super pretentious this game a lot of people sleep on it i think uh, except for us i think we champion this game way more than people give us credit for because it is just so darn perfect right it checks off a lot of boxes it definitely does i mean it's not sky joe but it's pretty close in, yeah, the, if we were to do like the like, if we did like stats, like next next gen stats on the games that come up in our content, I mean, it's got to be Sky Joe and Zombie Dice have to be the top two, and then Ticket to Ride, yes, and then Splendor. There's, those aren't a, Halloween yeah, games. They aren't. All right, so I'm going to talk about I'm going to talk about Shaky Man. It's from Blue Orange okay. Games. All right, so I have played this. You have played this. You have mm-hmm. it. Yes. We do have it. Okay, so I'm going to be real with you. Shaky Manor is less of a board game and more of kind of like a dexterity experience. So the idea is you have a – tell me if you disagree. Uh, I still think it's cool, and we're going to include it on this list anyway. So the (laughs) idea is you have – it's Shaky Manor meaning you have a haunted house. It really looks very similar to like if somebody like distorted a clue mansion board, Mm -hmm. right. And then just made all the walls 3d picture that. And it's distorted. It's not perfect. But the idea is you are shaking the manor because you're basically dropping stuff into it. Like a spider, a marble. There's a bunch of like different pieces that you drop into the different rooms. And the idea is you are trying to accomplish like certain goals you want to get the meeple into the same room as and i forget what you're trying to get right you're you're trying to get the meeple meeple in with the treasure chest you want the meeple in with the little cubes that represent the treasure chest but you can't have the ghost in there too so you're just trying to you know shimmy things into the different rooms and there's eight spaces your your house your manor i don't want to interrupt you i don't want to interrupt you you can you don't shimmy it you shake it. You shake that manner. You shake you the manner. Don't shimmy the manner. It's not called shimmy manner. 
I'm making my new version. <laughs> you're making a new version. Oh, listen, it's, you're a compet. You're a com- you're making a Competing. competitor. Shimmy Mansion. <laughs> uh, it's legally distinct. Um, legally distinct. No, I don't think that would be legally distinct <laughs> enough. I think Blue Orange would absolutely. We'll talk. You know what? We'll talk to the uh, virtual economy folks. But I have a feeling that Blue Orange would have our asses for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I so, think they wouldn't like that. But no. either way, it's really good. It's it really, really fun. is fun. I am terrible at it. You it's, watched it's, me. Were you there when I was so bad or was it just no. me and the PR person? It was just you and the PR person, but I, I can see it. It's deceptively hard. Mm-hmm. And again, this is another one that ages down because as long as you can shake it, I mean, right? Like the, the, it's cha- it's a little bit more challenging to play with mixed ages on this one. Just the truth of the matter is, right? You know, oh, absolutely. The, more the, dexterity the, the still makes a difference. Yes, yeah. but it's cool. This is another one that's just kind of looks fun to that is fun to watch people play because you know you can't really interact with them too much while they're playing because you know you can't look over their stuff. You're standing over the board while you're shaking it. But it's fun to watch. It's kind of like Twister, right? Like Twister is funny because you're watching people do stupid stuff. Shaking Manor is similar. I mean, it's not the full body, but it's similar because you're watching people shake the board all over the place. It's kind of wild. Uh, people watching at Toy Fair while they were trying to teach people how to play that game who are not game oriented and were just not really understanding it were kind of funny. It was it was it was fun for me. So that's Shaky Manor. And that's another one that's relatively inexpensive too. Yeah, everything I've, on this list is is relatively inexpensive. It's under twenty dollars at this point. Yeah. Um, right now it's listed at sixteen around sixteen dollars. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a steal for this one. It's perfect for Halloween because, you know, it's a spooky mansion. But this is another one that you'll, you will undoubtedly be bringing this one out again with your kids, especially if they like those kind of dexterity style games. Yep. So what do we got next? It's another dexterity one. This one's a little, for a little bit younger age group. Um, this one is Push a Monster. And this actually won the Kinderspiel de Jar in 2015. Um, this is for five and up. And this is one I, I had to include it because it's got such a cute monster theme. And I wanted something that would draw in the younger kids. Um, Because that's the thing, to find a Halloween game, a Halloween theme, you can find spooky things, but they tend to age to the older set. So I found this, I thought this would be perfect to bring in those young kids. Um, And the premise of it is the monsters are all gathering on the Monster Arena, which is just a raised platform that comes in the box of the game. So it literally is a cardboard platform that's like two inches high. And what you're doing is you're putting these wooden monsters, they're flat, laying them across the arena and on a player's turn they roll a die and it shows them what color monster to add and you add that monster you push it on literally there's a little pusher uh, tool and if any of the other monsters fall off on your turn everyone else earns points so the goal is not to let a monster fall off the arena so it's super simple Um, the dexterity part is actually relatively challenging we played this we've played this you know a fair amount of times not as much lately because the boys have gotten older but earlier we've had this a couple years and we played it early on and it it's harder than it looks it's another one like it's easy to learn but it's it can be challenging with the dexterity Oh, absolutely. Maggie pulled this one out a bunch and has moved away from it, you know, as she's moved on to other things. But this is another one that when she was in the target demographic, it was right in her wheelhouse. Okay, 
you can't talk about One Night Ultimate Werewolf without also kind of giving its modern video game analog, and that is Among Us. So are you familiar at all with Among Us, Linda? I, I have a passing knowledge of it. I have the, my students at school actually talking about it. My boys have started talking about it here. So it's it's come into my awareness level. So yeah. I do understand that it's it's a um, there's a hidden role in it. Yeah. There's a trader, it, correct? There's a hidden trader mechanic. Yeah. Have your kids so, called you sus yet? No. No, they haven't done that. They haven't okay. gotten that far. So, all right. They will. They it's haven't inevitable. played it yet. They are just aware of All it. Right. They haven't played All it yet. All right. Well, it's free on phones and tablets, so I know that doesn't matter. Neither are the phones yet, so. Yeah. I mean, they could take your. They could take yours. So, so. One Night Ultimate Werewolf is a hidden trader game. It is, in fact, some would say the hidden trader game, and that's it, right? Somebody's a werewolf. Other people have different roles. The idea is you are, if you're the werewolf, you're trying to not get caught. If you are the other roles, you're doing what you're supposed to do, and you're trying to find the werewolf. That's it. That's the game. And it can be taught in three or four minutes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people who are uncomfortable with, like, role-playing or improv might need a little prodding. I mean, that's true. However, one game, I think everybody's going to be in. You just got to kind of see it. And it is it's what's so hilarious. And there's a few other board game content creators or board game designers. Uh, James Hudson, the guy that did no, he's done a whole bunch of games. He were so he works with Skybound. He actually was posting on Facebook the other day that he that he is regularly asked to go into Zoom classes to talk to like high school age and middle school and even college age kids about game design. And they always want to talk about video games, but he's obviously a board game guy. And so his he's very happy that Among Us has blown up as much as it did because it's a great segue. And the I I would not be surprised if the hidden trader mechanic games just start blowing up now because of that popularity of Among Us. I mean, you get kids, you got kids that you wanted to play games with you and you tell them, listen, this is just a board game version of Among Us, only we're werewolves. They're going to be in, man, because this is. It is all the rage. So also One Night Ultimate Werewolf is basically free. Like it's not free, but it's a very yeah. inexpensive video or board game. I mean, you can get it at Target. I it's mean, all that's over the, the kind place. of thing this is. This is everywhere. So I would encourage everybody to take a look at One Night Ultimate Werewolf. Yeah, and there's a bunch of different one. versions of it, too. So if you look for like alternates, but just get the werewolf one and it's fine. Right. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, it's a great one. It's the artwork on it is adorable. There's, you know, a little bit creepy with some of the characters, but nothing crazy. <laughs> Definitely approachable. Yeah, I'll I'll do the next one because yeah, I actually own it and you have played it once several years ago. So yes. I can't blame you. And that is I can't blame you for not knowing everything about it. And that is Broom Service. Broom Service is a it was a Kennerspiel de Jar. It's one of the that's one of the uh, it roughly translates to like the connoisseur, like expert game of the year. This is the collector game of the year back in 2015. It's a trick taking game. Basically, your witches 
Druids and Druids, and you're doing you're doing deliveries. So you're picking up and delivering stuff. Plays from two to five players. Uh, in this case, it fits the Halloween theme because there are witches on it, and you're flying around on brooms. It is not creepy or spooky necessarily, but your witches. This is a very cool game, especially if you like, you know, the if you if you enjoy set collecting and trick taking you know that kind of game and moving around a map and trying to plot out the most ideal route to pick up one thing and drop it off somewhere else etc it's it's pretty cool the cards are neat the art is fine the witches are cute yeah so that's brooms and it won an award so you know that i'm not just talking out of my butt yeah, and I remember of all the things I remember distinctly playing this is about being brave or being cautious and having to choose. And depending on if you chose brave or cautious, it affected how things you know went from there. So it was a neat. You had some other choices to make in your in your turns, which was pretty Absolutely neat. True. Yeah, lots of choices to make. This one's fun. Again, this is all about your witches. Yeah, and they are. So quintessential Halloween. Yeah, this, that's <laughs> just part of the Halloween experience. So you got the next one. Sure. Cauldron Quest. This is a cooperative game from Peaceable Kingdom, and we love Peaceable Kingdom stuff. They do some great family games. This one is for ages six and up, two to four players. And if anyone anyone in your family is a Harry Potter fan, this is not Harry Potter, but it has a similar feel. Um, players are working together to brew a magic potion to break a magic spell cast by a wizard, and they need to move the barrel of ingredients from the outside of the board into the center. So there's where the cooperative element is moving this in. And while it sounds easy, the evil wizard is trying to stop them, putting magical barriers in their way. And the players need to get the correct three ingredients before the wizard blocks all the paths to them. So you got to just get, try to get it done before the wizard beats you to it. So, and you know, peaceable kingdom games are just so cute, so approachable. Mm-hmm. And again, it's got that similar witch theme and perfect for the younger kids in the family. Not this creepy really, or scary. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This one really does feel like it was a a weird licensing phone call away from being a Harry Potter game. Like, yeah. you know, if they wanted to, they could have gotten it done. Um, I'm sure from a financial perspective, it was not necessarily in their best interest because I know that license costs a bit. But uh, this is... It is it, this one is one that I have not played in a while. In fact, my one play was a demo at New York Toy Fair. However, it's a Peaceable Kingdom game. We know that they make good stuff, and this is a cooperative game that is accessible to younger players. There's not infinity of those, and it's designed for younger hands. So, absolutely, I am comfortable recommending that or recommending this to just about anybody. Right. Um. Next is the Quacks of Quedlinburg. Now, the basic game of Quacks and Quedlinburg is basically it's funny that you put Cauldron Quest and the Quacks of Quedlinburg near each other because both of them involve throwing crap in a pot. It's true. Quacks of Quedlinburg is way more complicated, way more complicated. It was also a Kenneth Peer de Jar winner in 2018, meaning this is a complex game. This is not easy. There is a like a wheel of ingredients and you're trying to gather stuff and you're trying to earn points and they combo off of each other. It's very fascinating. I have not played this since my New York Toy Fair. I think I played it at like two or three trade shows in a row with the then PR guy from Mm -hmm. North Star Games. Uh, But this is specifically, we're talking about the expansion, which was just released, uh, that is the 
Herb Witches, which adds a fifth player and additional ingredients as well as the three Herb Witches. So it's just it adds a little bit more flavor to the game and makes it a little uh, makes it you know just fit into our Halloween theme because you got witches in there now. But this is definitely a game if you'd like crunchier strategy games and and you enjoy the push your luck mechanic because it is definitely a push your luck game if you really like those if you like reaching into a bag and finding mystery stuff this is a game for you right and it's a nice counterpoint to the cauldron quest because cauldron quest is a very simple version for the little kids this is more for the older set so if you have teenagers more savvy game players in your family this may be one to pull up and i think this is the most expensive one on the list. It's still not crazy, but the base game is getting close to $50 and then the expansion's around 30. So it's definitely yeah. more of an investment, but this has had such rave reviews. Um, the feedback on it has been phenomenal. So if you like this kind of the style game, it's definitely one to keep an eye out for and to consider adding to your collection. Absolutely. Every time I've tried to buy it, it's been sold out. It shows. So I have never I have not been able to come home with a copy of it yet. But soon, my friends, soon. So let it tell us about Last Defense. Well, this is one we didn't play it, but this was demoed for us at Toy Fair um, in February um, earlier this year. Hard to believe. It feels like a forever ago. Um, Funko's Last Defense board game. So in this, the world is under attack. Sounds familiar. Except... This time it's spider robots or space aliens. There's a bunch of different creatures that are attacking and players have to work cooperatively to save the city. Here's the catch. You only have 20 minutes and this is 20 minutes real time. The game has a companion app, which you have to use to play the game. You can't play this sans the app. Um, So it has a timer running. And one of the features that stood out to us the most at Toy Fair was one of the playable characters is called Good Dog. Literally, you're playing the pup. And it's just, it's adorable. There's a couple different characters you can play. And so it's just, it really is a cool cooperative game. And what's really nice is that time limit by having it be a hard, fast 20 minutes, you know the time commitment you're getting into, which is kind of nice. Absolutely. Every piece about this game, when they showed it to us, was interesting and exciting. I am very... I'm very intrigued on this one. This is one of our speculative ads. We were happy to include it, but as a speculative ad, we have not played it, but man, I'm, I am comfortable bringing it up if for nothing else, because everything else they have shown us and given us has been tremendous. And this one, the fact that you can play as the dog, it's just kind of, yeah. And it's only $15 right now on Amazon. Yeah, it's an, it's an inexpensive it's game. It's a really good price, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So This is another one in my cart right now. That's another one, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's another listen. one. All right, so I'll talk about Ghost Fight and Treasure Hunter. What's fun about this is that it kind of doubles. Here's how it goes. Ghost Fight and Treasure Hunters is a cooperative board game. Basically, you're hunting treasure, fighting got fighting ghosts, right? You're in a house trying to move around, um, and you're trying to trap ghosts, move them away, etc. There is also a Ghostbusters version of it that is essentially the same game. It just has the Ghostbusters theme. Some of the rules are slightly different, but not enough to really change anyone's recommendation or make me recommend it one way or the other. My thing is, if you if your family and house knows who the Ghostbusters are, then that's probably a good one. 
right? It's true. So the idea is two to four players starts at age eight. Again, this is again, we're recommending award winners here. This was a 2014 Kinderspiel de Jar, uh, which is the children's game of the year award winner. Um, You're essentially working together to collect treasure and escape the house. Um, And you're trying to get out before too many of the rooms are taken over by ghosts or quote unquote are haunted. So there's a number of mechanics. You're fighting ghosts while you're on your way out. But the idea is you're trying to escape and you got to work together. And so it is, you know, the, the Ghostbusters version, you know, you're just doing Ghostbustery things. So uh, I think this per this fits perfectly. It is just challenging enough to be interesting uh, without being overly complex. And I think that's really important. And also it really does have that, you know, haunted house theme pretty well because, you know, you're fighting ghosts to try and get out of your house. Yeah. Perfect for now. Yes. Next we have a one that we have recommended a bunch over the last years, King of Tokyo. Um, So King of Tokyo, you are fighting Giant robots, mutant bugs, gr- ferocious gorillas, giant lizards. So it think Don't of all the robot kaiju- bunnies robot and alien bunnies. penguins. I mean, how could you miss those? So it's two to six players. It's a board game, a dice game, a card game, all ro- rolled into one. It's got the push your luck a bit with the dice. You're trying to roll and resolve the different based on the dice rolls, buying cards, using effects. There's a lot of layers to this game, and added another. They have an expansion that is the Halloween edition. And what's really cool with the expansion, it still is only for two to six players, but there are two new monsters that you can fight, Boogie Woogie and Pumpkin Jack. And one thing that they included, which is so cool in the to make it that Halloween theme, is that their evolutions are basically costume cards and the costumes can be stolen. So it's something that it, it it turns this element from the base game and they gave it the flavor of Halloween with costumes, which is pretty cool. So the art on it is like really cool. The base game, the King of Tokyo art is fantastic and gets you right into the theme of it. And the Halloween just brings you right into the Halloween feel and flavor. Okay. So that's King of Tokyo, the Halloween expansion. Next they showed us at Toy Fair, and you have taken a look at it as well, Zombie Kids Evolution, which is a legacy game about a zombie apocalypse for seven-year-olds. Pretty That's the much. elevator pitch. That's Tell me the all elevator pitch. Okay, so this game is meant for children as young as seven so it is definitely not super scary it's got the the zombies are cutesy more than scary and the idea is yep there's a zombie apocalypse in the school so it's all the school characters have become the school personnel is zombies the teachers the lunch aides the custodians and you play a session and each session runs approximately 15 minutes. So very approachable for somebody as young as seven or eight to sit through a session. 
and you play it over a series of sessions, quite a few in fact, and as a typical legacy game, as you play a session, depending on the outcome, there are stickers to to add to the board, there's stickers to add to cards, there's cards that come into play, there's cards that get taken out. The game changes as you go through the sessions in small ways. It actually has a little book. The the rule book has a page in the back where you can actually add stickers as you finish things and keep track of your progress as well. So it's really cool, really approachable for the kids. Um, This is one that I've picked up for our family. Uh, It hasn't made it to the table just yet because we've been so busy with with real life things. Um, But this is one that may come out for Halloween at our house to go through and start the the legacy of saving the world one school room at a time. <laughs> so that's Zombie Kids Evolutions. That's from Aiello Games. That is Aiello, yep. Is. That's another one that's relatively inexpensive on Amazon, so it's worth giving that a look. So we started with a Disney thing. We're going to end with a Disney thing. So uh, the last one is Disney's The Haunted Mansion Call of the Spirits. This is another Funko game. It is. And this is one that – this is one – so to paint you guys a picture, when we went into the Funko Games booth at New York Toy Fair this year, number one was a different world because we definitely didn't have any idea. There were like 100 people in that room. I don't know that I'll ever be able to do that again. It was kind of cramped. It really was. And they showed – they had five games on demo that were like, these are the big deals, guys, right? And they were. But then they had a wall in the back full of games that were like, sure, you can look, you can take notes, you can take pictures, but you can't talk about any of these. They're all under embargo. And they basically just didn't want to talk about them. But both you and I saw the Haunted Mansion game and we're like, hey, I want to talk about that one. Can we talk about that one? Are you sure we can't talk about that one? Well, guess what? Now we freaking can. They can't stop us because they're selling it. So I guess if they're... I mean, I didn't sign anything that says I couldn't talk about a game that's being sold. It's true. So, it's no longer embargoed. <laughs> yeah, it is no longer. So it's a set collection game. Two to six players. Again, starts at age eight, which a lot of games on here are are right in there. And basically, you're exploring the game board, and you're trying to collect – you're collecting different items from the – uh, from within the mansion, it's full of ghosts, full of challenges, full of goofy humor, because that's really what that game is all about. Linda, what what struck you about that game? So what really struck me is how they really took the actual ride from Disney World and Disneyland, and they gave you the same flavor. There's eight different areas, and some of these areas are right from the Disney ride. In the center of the board, they have endless hallways, what they call it, and it is a lazy Susan. So that's what moves you from room to room. And they also have the hitchhiking ghosts from the Disney ride, and they're featured in the game, and you're trying to avoid them. If they are in the same room that you end up, it, it has ill effects for you. And you're, you're trying to avoid them as well as collect uh, the ghost cards and avoid getting the haunt cards. So there's a lot going on, um, but it's got that Disney flavor. And for anyone that's been on the ride, it brings you right back to some of those elements from going room to room on the ride. I know I have been, but I was 13. So that was like a billion years that ago. That is a billion years ago. It was many, many, many years, but uh, hoping, ho- hopefully I'll yeah. uh, be able to say I, I went back. This is another one that is relatively inexpensive. It's out there and available right now, and you can definitely have it just in time. 
could you imagine like a Disney a Disney Halloween now with both Hocus Pocus and the uh, Haunted Mansion Call of the Spirits game? That's a that's a nice little theme there. I think we might be so, starting a new Halloween tradition of playing some of these games. Uh, I'm I'm thinking I am thinking so. Well, we're going to be at our family vacation site on that uh, day, so we will probably be playing some board games as well. Perhaps some of these. So, uh, Linda, we did it. We did. <laughs> we made it through. This is a little bit of a shorter one because we were kind of a little bit more focused because we had these 13 games to talk about. So, everybody, I hope you enjoyed listening. Uh, I know these are not it. There are plenty more spooky board games. Let's make some some additional suggestions. I'm going to be posting this in the Engage Family Gaming community, obviously. And um, although I guess I can't say obviously because I haven't done it for the last couple of weeks. I got to get better about that. But uh, when I post that there, please hop on into the comments and leave your suggestions. What kind of spooky board games do your family play? So, Linda, we did it. We did. We got through. We got lots of suggestions. And maybe we've helped start a tradition. Hopefully we did. If we did start a new tradition, please let us know. So uh, this has been episode 243 of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. Podcast? No, the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. We will be back next week. It will be video game week. Man, we're getting ever, ever so close to those next generation consoles. So I'm guessing next time we talk about video games, we're going to be making some like actual recommendations. You know, it's going to be time to like really say what people should do. And um, I don't think I'm going to say stuff that people expect me to. I don't know. I'm going to try and try and mix it up a little bit this year. So everybody, you have yourself a, a wonderful day. I will. We will talk to you next time. And until then, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye. Bye.